In this interview, we sit down with Kiana Malikzada, owner of the recently opened West Village Knit and Needle, an inspiring fibre arts store on West 10th. As an expert knitter, crocheter, needle pointer and instructor, Serendipity set Kiana on her path to opening her own store when a retail space on the ground floor of the residential building in which she lives became available. Kiana describes her backstory and explains the experience of opening West Village Knit and Needle during the pandemic. We discuss the reaction it's created and the opportunities it provides for a new generation of artists and fibre art creators. We discuss the challenges facing the neighbourhood, the changes and improvements needed and how we can re-knit the fabric of the neighbourhood going forward. Now, over to Kiana. Kiana, thank you very much for spending time today talking to Back the Neighbourhood. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's a delightful uh, and charming, um, quaint um, and uh, I suppose stimulating store full of color and vibrancy inspiring i like to inspiring, think inspiring yeah yes. totally inspiring Thank and you. you're creating um craft and creativity injecting it into a community uh, that has got a heritage and a legacy of creativity absolutely and community so um perhaps you could maybe just start giving us your backstory sure um absolutely i um i've always been a knitter um, my grandmother and mom taught me when I was very little. Um, and it was all, I was, as a child, always into, whether it was friendship bracelets or making clothing or knitting into fiber arts and working with my hands. Um, I didn't do anything but the basics for a very long time, probably through college, easy, uh, you know, hats and scarves and ponchos. And um, I actually, it kind of exploded and took on a whole new meaning when I went to FIT. So um, I got my Fashion master's. Institute of Technology. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I got my uh, master's in gallery retail and art administration, uh, basically to open up an art business just like this. Um, I consider this fiber arts. You know, I, I I kind of consider this my own little gallery of sorts. It's a gallery of yarn and needlepoint, uh -huh. um, and uh, it just took on a whole new obsession in grad school. And I and I just knit everything I could get my hands on and read every pattern at that time. Ravelry was just starting or didn't exist. Ravelry is a huge website um, for all knitters and crocheters. Okay. Um, it's kind of like the Facebook of the knitting world. It's, <laughs> it's massive. Um, and it just took on a whole new meeting and kind of blossomed. And um, I had started out with teaching at a couple um, different uh, local yarn stores um, in the city, one in the mm -hmm. West Village and one on the Upper East Side, and it just became a passion, and I knew it was my time. Okay, I read that you um, you moved to the West Village 15 years ago, and uh, you fell in love with the neighborhood and its tight-knit community. And I think it's fair to say that store owners here um, and residents tend to know each other, um, often by name, and still greet each other. So there Absolutely. is that sort of uh, uh, unusual, I mean, a, a lot of New York, neighborhoods are like that but i think there's something quite um special and unique about the west village but it's been a year since covid hit how has it changed the complexion of the neighborhood in that time you know it's it's very sad to see all the stores on bleaker um i think closed um west 10th street definitely seems to have recent life um in the last i would say two to three months um between Oslo Bookshop and Three Lives and Housing Works, you know, reopening mm -hmm. and us, the foot traffic on um, Bleecker Street, uh, I mean, on uh, West 10th Street seems to be 
picking up, which is really great to see. Um, I think that COVID is, was, is a terrible thing. And I think a lot of businesses, you know, are suffering really good neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, businesses. Um, and to, you know, what you were saying before, how West Village is a super tight knit community, all the store owners. I am friends with my dry cleaning lady. I am, you know, my pharmacist. Um, we know everybody by name. And I, I couldn't agree with you more that there's, there's something special about the West Village community and store owners for sure. Um, it's as the pandemic has clearly devastated the um, retail sector. Um, as you mentioned, many retailers have closed. Many have gone moved online. Now you opened during COVID. <laughs> yeah, there's not many people can say that. No. What was your vision, or what is your vision for the future of local business and retail coming out of a pandemic? That's a really good question. Um, every day we have a customer that comes into the store that'll say my you're brave to open up a business during covid and my response every time is this is the only business i would have opened um during covid um silver lining of uh, you know of course we all wish that you know um covid didn't happen but the silver lining is people had to stay at home and mm-hmm. this gave something um constructive something satisfying something meditative um to do at home and you know, especially with Needlepoint. What's happened with Needlepoint, I would say, in the last, you know, 12 months, mm-hmm. is the 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 amazing amount of young artists, young painters, young designers, in whatever field they may have been doing. Some were uh, wedding planners, some were interior decorators, um, and they hustled, and they opened up a new business, mm-hmm. and they started painting Needlepoint canvases. And... Needlepoint has just in the last year blown up. It's taken on a whole new meeting. For people that maybe don't know what Needlepoint is, can you explain it? Absolutely. So uh, Needlepoint is that you are stitching um, with fibers, whether that be alpaca silk wool and uh, all different fibers onto a canvas that is a grid. So what happens is is, um, when you stitch, think of it as paint by numbers, Mm -hmm. but it's with fiber instead of you know, uh, paint. So um, you stitch the canvas, whatever that may be. And after you're done stitching that canvas, it can be turned into a belt, a door hanging, an ornament, a stool, a brick cover. It can be framed, a pillow. The possibilities mm-hmm. then really become endless. Um, Needlepoint has just blown up in the last year. So um, why do you think that is? I think it's because of all these young new designers on Instagram and Etsy. Mm-hmm. I absolutely think it's because of social media. Mm-hmm. I absolutely think it's smart men and women hustling to do what they can during a time where they couldn't make money or couldn't go out or there was an interior design. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's because of the wonderful artists, hands down. Mm-hmm. I think they've changed the world of needlepoint. I wonder if, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the. Um uh, the big news a couple of weeks ago about uh, the NFT from that guy, the artist Beeple. I sold didn't. for 65 Oh, I million. did see it. I did yeah. see it. I did so I think, see it. I think I've I was like, wait. Mm, is that art? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I did see that. But I mean, given it can be a one-off piece of digital art, I mean, I look forward to the time when some uh, needlepoint canvas creator creates a one-off canvas that a one-off creator creates it and then creates a digital version Wouldn't of it. Wouldn't that and be a, amazing? And there's an NFT for, for needlework. <laughs> Wouldn't that be I think amazing? That's got, that's got to be the needle challenge. I think you've got to put a put a sign up on your web or something on your website challenging Challenge. creators. Yeah, right? That would be, be great. create history. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's I I attribute the blowing up of Needlepoint and the popularity all to these young um, uh, designers and painters mm. for sure. So you you're obviously feeding a market um, that just exploded during COVID. Completely. When we come out of it, what do you think is going to happen? That's also a really good question. You've got to think about it in terms of the scaling of your business as well. Totally and long term. Yeah. Um, what you hope, what is my hope, is when people um, get into it, really get into knitting or needlepoint, it doesn't die out. You know, it becomes an addiction. I mean, I'll tell you about one of my favorite students who I taught to needlepoint, I don't know, two weeks ago, and she is completely hooked, completely addicted. Um, once people try it and they like it and they see how satisfying it is and it's and you're creating something with your hands. So my hope is mm -hmm. is that um, all these beautiful knitters, crocheters, and needlepointers are going to be so addicted to fiber arts by the time <laughs> that you know that it's it's going to continue. Um, so that's of course my my ultimate goal. Knitting has always been there. Mm -hmm. It's always had a strong knitting and crocheting, a strong presence um, that, you know, people say, oh, knitting's really made a comeback, you know, unless, and I say, well, not to us. We've all been <laughs> doing yeah. this for 20 years. It's always been really strong. Um, but I, m my hope is, uh, especially with Needlepoint, that these young, uh, you know, um, artists keep going, that stores like this keep supporting them. Uh, I think purchasing their stuff obviously helps. I, I just want everyone to be addicted to fiber arts and keep going. That's my yeah. hope. Because it is, I mean, it's the, the foundation of building markets of what you're doing because uh, you've got the, essentially the, the raw ingredients for it, whether it be knitting or crocheting these hats. Exactly. Or, the or sweaters exactly. or the needlepoint, as you say. I mean, the, the opportunity for needlepoint to be expressed in many different creative ways, as you say, is, is endless. Yes. So we might see the emergence of a new craft um, sort of collective or a new form of craft um, commerce. Yes, craft absolutely. Craft-based commerce emerging in the West Village. So um, I suppose it's not inconceivable that you could see people that use your base level materials mm -hmm. To then open stores in the West Village as well. Yes. Wouldn't that, be nice? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, my goal is um, to keep growing the business. Um, and by that, I mean uh, a more online sales, more online representation. Um, that's certainly, you know, uh, something that I have in the pipeline in the future, mm -hmm. you know, for um, web. Um, because I, I really want to bring these young designers to, you know, all over the world. It doesn't have to be, you know, limited to. Are you finding most of your business at the moment is still foot traffic? All foot. Uh, yeah, it's it's probably 85% foot traffic. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then the people purchasing online, would you say it's coming from New York or outside New York? No, it's all New York. And it's uh, South Dakota, mm -hmm. Alabama, Mississippi, Chicago. It's, uh -huh. uh, it's very rarely New York, which is a great thing. That's great. Yeah, it's okay. really great. So, um. So you've obviously got your SEO working well. I'm, I'm trying. I mean, we, uh, I did the entire, um, I mean, I had a graphic designer help me um, for, you know, a limited time. But, um, you know, the, the store was certainly a labor of love opening. Uh -huh. And we did pretty much the entire inventory and POS ourselves. Wow. Um, yeah. So um, doing all that work yourself takes hours and hours and mm. hours that, you know, not everybody realizes. But we're, we're trying. We're getting there. The website's still not where we'd like it to be. Mm. But um, I know we'll get there. Obviously, a small business, we have budgets yeah. that we have to stick to in the beginning. So we'll get there. Okay. So even before COVID, 
um, the fabric of the neighbourhood was changing. Uh, there'd been obviously a lot of talk. People were spoken about the impact of rising rents, changing demographics. Um, what do you hope for going forward, and particularly on the sort of the rent situation? Because it is there's, there's got to be a symbiotic relationship between retailers and landlords if we're going to have a neighborhood absolutely and that's a really good question and you're absolutely right even before covid there were so many empty storefronts on bleaker and um in this neighborhood and it was because you know you know there was a space that went from eleven thousand to fifty six thousand a month i mean no one can sustain that nobody can do that yeah. um it's such a complicated topic, you know, because I know that certain landlords, um, you know, get tax cuts, for example, for leaving the store empty. I mean, there's so much more involved in it than I even, mm -hmm. you know, claim to know about. Um, but you're absolutely right. It was, you know, um, declining the storefronts before COVID. My hope is that this kind of uh, reset it mm -hmm. um, as far as businesses opening the rent prices dropping maybe a little bit that's your hope I mean that's my hope is that landlords may be hurting themselves they could mm -hmm. be I yeah. mean and, and everything's kind of reset everything goes back to being um, you know a little bit more reasonable so that these stores can open it's part of what made the West Village great mm -hmm. um, you know I just remember first moving in in 2006 and every storefront was open bleaker street was packed it was just it was glorious and everybody said hello to each other everybody knew each other in the stores i do i do pray and hope for that yeah hopefully mm -hmm. someday what are you hearing from customers that come in in terms of what their feelings are about the the neighborhood and just how the the current situation um, the greatest thing about one of the greatest things about opening the store is seeing people's reactions and hearing them when they first walk in mm. without fail. I would say 99% of the time, um, the first time somebody walks in the store, they walk and they go, oh, my God, I'm so happy you're open. I mean, literally, mm -hmm. that's the first response we get. And it's just so nice to hear. And it and it's always followed up with. We're so happy a new store opened. We're mm -hmm. so happy you're here. The West Village so needed something like this. Um, so I have been getting a super positive response from customers mm -hmm. as far as them saying, um, hopefully you're starting a trend. Mm -hmm. Hopefully seeing that you've opened up a new business will inspire others. Um, so it's been nothing but positive from the customers. I mean, everyone is thrilled. Um are you in communication with other retailers and local businesses around your shared issues or your challenges? And um, is there any forum existing for that sort of communication? Yes. No, I don't have like a set forum. Um, I do communicate with other um, store owners. Um, I will tell you, for example, Rothy's on mm -hmm. Bleecker Street um, is offering discount to all West Village employees, which I mean, is really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm in communication with, of course, Three Lives, the bookstore. Mm -hmm. um, and we tell them how happy we are that they're there and we don't want them to leave. Um, it's a great camaraderie. They send people over here. Mm -hmm. We always tell people to go over there. Um, you know, if we have lines outside because of COVID and, um, I do try to communicate. I'm very good friends with Sammy's from Blackstone mm -hmm. from the coffee shop. So I, I absolutely, whenever I go into a store, you know, I introduce myself. Mm -hmm. I'm the store owner, West village. Um, so I think that's really important. I think that alone in itself will mm -hmm. hopefully bring back do you think that it would be useful to have some form of forum where um, retailers 
whether it be our restaurateurs or local businesses could um, exchange their issues, ideas, um, challenges. I and, think that would be great. And because I, I, I was speaking to um, Ros- Rosemary, is it Rosemary? Rosemary, yeah. Madam, Mat- 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 yeah. Madam Matter, Mat- the vintage store across yeah, the street. Yeah, the vintage store. Uh-huh. Um, and she was talking about how streets in New York, um, particularly in West Village, had block associations. Yeah. For residents, and they yeah. would sort of communicate around issues and the, the shared their their shared issues. Yeah. And it just got me thinking that, you know, you've got uh, things like for restaurants have the independent restaurant associations. There are in the UK there are things like local chambers of commerce. But it feels like there's an there it feels like there's an opportunity to have some form of cross business forum where people can whether there be a meeting space once distancing is not an issue, or at least an online space where there can be some form of discussion um and collective points of view around what are the the big issues that everyone's are the challenges that everyone's facing just so there's some consensus and there's a representation uh whether it be to city whether it be to state or even so even federal because eventually these issues if they're if they're experienced in a in a microcosm in the west village they're going to be experienced in other neighborhoods absolutely and therefore there's got to be some sort of representation for businesses to make their voices heard so I just think there's something Absolutely. that I want to look into. So, okay. Um, circular economy. You talked a bit when we did a little walk around um, about attempting where possible to source sustainable materials. Mm-hmm. How important is building that sort of um, sustainability story and, and creating some form of circular economy? It's it's very important. Um, it's extremely hard, mm-hmm. especially with fiber arts. It is a forever learning um, challenge, meaning um, we try to educate ourselves, we try to read up on our um, vendors on sustainability, on the fibers, on the dyes, on the, you know, um, it is not a stagnant, you know, area, meaning, I mean, it changes every day. Um, It's a lot of information. We try to keep up, we try to do the best that we can. It's extremely important to us. Um, For example, you know, one little thing that we definitely make a point to do is all of our vendors are non-mulesing. Mulesing is an inhumane way of shaving a sheep. What's it called? Mulesing. Uh-huh. And it's um, an inhumane way of mm. shaving the sheep where they get too close to the skin. So Ooh. that we make sure not to work, you know, with vendors um, that, um, you know, don't treat their, mm. you know, animals properly. Um just little things like everything we ship are in biodegradable bags and we don't use anything materials on the bags or in the bags that are not biodegradable. Um, we're just trying to do our little part and we think it's a small thing to, to do, to be reading and trying. Um, of course you can't be 100%, of course you can't be mm-hmm. perfect. Um, of course there's controversial areas in it. For example, silk is a hugely controversial mm-hmm. topic. And, um, because of water? So, because of water, yes, absolutely, but also because of how the silk is just extracted uh-huh. either before the silkworms are born or after. Yeah. Um, so, again, um, are we 100%? No. What we claim to be is reading, trying, uh-huh. researching, and, you know, trying to do our little part at the same time as running a business to be socially and environmentally conscious. Is, and that's all we're trying to do. Is it something and so it is something that... Cu- it, I take it something that customers are, do care about and they ask about. 
They do. Um, more importantly, uh, not only do the customers um, uh, like um, that when we talk about it or um, explain it to them, they're happy to know that we're trying. But mm. it, I have to say, I credit this actually all to one of our staff members. Um, so uh, Chloe, who is my right hand, I could not do this without her. Um, it's all based on started because of her knowledge and her interest in being uh you know socially responsible and environmentally responsible and and you know composting and she doesn't use any single use plastic and she educates me um you know and, and i'm trying to pay it forward basically so it actually all started because of chloe i can't i can't take the credit for that at all it was she sparked my interest okay that's um and the customers yes once we explain it to them then... they're like oh that's really cool oh i never knew what non-mule thing was oh and I mean, the, the reaction is never negative. Let's uh -huh. put it that way. It's always positive. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in terms of technology, um, aside from the website, is there anything um, how you've been using technology differently that, um, or any innovations you've seen in other retailers where you go, oh, that's interesting. I should sort of think about adopting that. Oh, God, that's a really good question. Um, Technology is a struggle, <laughs> as I'm sure it is with mm. most small businesses. It, you know, getting everything into our POS system mm. is a struggle. Um, technology that uh, there's a few like small things like for the website, you know, mm. that I want to incorporate that I haven't. Um, there's one online yarn store that's really great that for their, for example, when you go to check out for uh. their packaging, they'll say, would you like us to not waste this, this and this on packaging? And, you know, uh, so, yeah. Uh -huh. So I think that's really smart. I want to do that. Um, so this could be, um, I'm just look, thinking in terms of services of how, not necessarily just back the neighborhood, but what are the services that uh, local retailers need? <clears throat> so I'm sure there's probably other retailers as well that yeah. that are suddenly moved from just um, physical traffic to going online right maybe struggling collectively so there yeah. might be a forum where people could get advice yeah how to great. fix and address these small issues with websites whether it be weebly Correct. wordpress squarespace yes because i i got Shopify. a lot of questions <laughs> yeah okay. i am let's put it this way weebly and square are sick of me at this point <laughs> i have a special number because case number because i call so much <laughs> with questions I mean, I'm completely self-taught. I did this, you know, all, all we actually, I should say we as the staff, you know, uh -huh. we didn't, we, we learned the hard way. We learned a lot of hard lessons in opening up. I could not have done it without, you know, the three girls um, and Isaac, uh, another guy who sometimes helps us out and my husband. I mean, without them, there's no way I would have been able to do that website. Mm -hmm. No way. Okay. Um, what would you like to see exist in the neighborhood that doesn't? doesn't exist it doesn't right exist now. and what you go this this is missing i would like something's gone away that needs to come back or something that doesn't exist where you think this would wow, really that's help a really good question that's a great question um i don't know if it's so much as a product or a tangible thing mm -hmm. i think it's more of a theoretical feeling or actually not theoretical just a feeling yeah and it was that feeling of the bubbling busy open um west village where everybody knew each other's name mm -hmm. and everybody would always say hello i think that would be amazing if we could get back to that that's mm -hmm. that's what i feel like is missing 
You could just leave it there. I think that's what's missing. Um, if I could, if we as a neighborhood could get that feeling back, I think that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. But like a tangible thing, I can't really think of anything. Mm -hmm. It's um, coming from the UK. Uh, we're sort of famous for our street parties. Oh, <clears throat> I think the crafts um, fair. There you go. That beautiful crafts fair that we had every July. That's a great thing. Yeah, so I miss I think that there craft needs fair. To be um, uh, a collective effort. At the, probably at the end of summer when the vaccinations passed its uh, critical mass of having maybe Bleecker closed down or Hudson and have a big old Giant street party. Oh, I love that. I mean, I think that would be amazing. And yeah, I mean, just that that feeling of all of Bleecker Street when it would shut down for and I'm, and there was the street fairs are great. I love the street fairs on Bleecker, but there was a one really arts crafts festival every July. Mm -hmm. And that would be my favorite to see that come back. Oh, would be amazing. Uh, you've got your challenge then. Oh. There you go. <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> okay. Um, and final question: Where do you want to be in five years from now? Um, What's your vision for That's a very needle? good question. Can it be? Where do I want to be in eight to nine years? Okay. Let's okay. Eight to nine years. So, um, I, and this is, you know, always been a dream of mine. Um, my first dream was to open up a yarn store. I've been dreaming about this since I started working yarn shops in 2006. No doubt about it. Um, this dream is turning out even more satisfying, even more rewarding, even more challenging than I ever thought. So uh, amazing. I, I can't, every day I want to pinch myself. I'm so lucky. My ultimate goal is in eight years is to open a shop like this on Westbourne Grove in London. That's actually that my ultimate. A, that would be a perfect location. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's or, the West Village of, of London. Um, I would probably maybe consider Primrose Hill. As or well. Primrose Hill yeah. or, you know, Notting Hill, Hampstead. of course, or Hampstead. Um, you know, um, my goal I, I've always wanted to, I've lived in um, London two other previous times um, in my life. A lot of my family lives there. My mom and my uncle, whom I'm very close with, go back and forth a lot. Mm -hmm. It's always been a goal of mine to live mm -hmm. in, in, and my husband's lived in uh, Dublin um, and a, a few times, so he's on board as well. Um, so that's the eight-year goal. Uh, yeah. So instead of uh, WV, uh K N Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> N H Notting Hill Knitting Needle. There you Not go. Notting Hill, Notting Hill Knitting Needle doesn't flow off the tongue quite no, as easily. As no, it doesn't. I um, Hill Knitting Needle. Like I even have the exact like it's you know it's next to Walmer Castle. Uh, like oh, I literally one have of my, one of my favorite pubs. <laughs> me in London. too. Yeah. Oh, me too. I I literally have the exact building, exact storefront. Like I know exactly. I'll see you there in eight years. <laughs> That's my goal. Um with keeping this being, mm -hmm. you know, uh, across the pond and, and having both mm -hmm. and, and having a really good website mm -hmm. that is functioning for, you know, and, and producing, you know, what it needs to. So that's my ultimate goal. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about your website later. Yeah. All right. Okay. Then. <laughs> right. So, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Kiana. Well, thank uh, you really so much. It. Thank and, you. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's great to hear your story and yeah. good luck. And thank I'm you. sure there's going to be a roaring success. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks.